Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the NSL's podcast, which is brought to you by Manscaped, the best of men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision ear tools for your family dudes and have engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredible, comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, has now launched all over Europe and features wireless charging. We covered that then, my Francis. A cutting edge <laughs> ceramic, <laughs> ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents and comes with additional guard size 1 to 4 to fine tune your trim. And thanks to our advanced skin safe technology, you can now feel confident shaving your balls. So join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code CELTS at manscaped.com and the link will be in the description below but as always fellas we'll keep this podcast rolling and joined by show regulars Francis and her very own Christmas elf Ross how are you? Not bad in <laughs> the Christmas good, spirit good. 12 days to go I think we'll have to point out to people this is not a dare Ross is, does chose to come on of his own <laughs> it, it, it just this. comes out every year this time <laughs> For plenty of it, for plenty. But not to talk about, fellas, so we get stuck straight in. The game the weekend there against uh, Motherwell, quite a steely performance, wasn't it, Francis? I mean, nicknamed the Steelman, it very much came to four. It was one of them games, it's just been just n- nothing flashy, nothing too great. We got the goal, like, well worked free kick, got the three points. That's all that matters, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they're now considering our, our situation in the striking position. Three points is all that matters, really. They've just got to make sure told you and you just keep grinding out their results and stuff and I thought it, it was I thought it was a very patient and disciplined performance considering we didn't have an out and out strike and stuff we just everybody <coughs> stuck to their task and knew they, they I think they'll believe they were going to get chances obviously with, with the, the goal it was a, a great goal and sure we'll go into it later on but I was I was really impressed with the, the performance but it has we're in, we're in a great run now we just winning it's, it's a great habit to be in and just winning I think they're confident that they know they're going to they're going to at least score one or two goals, and the fact that like, you could maybe look at say it was only one nil, and a lot of games recently have been just one nil. But mm-hmm. we've actually been so solid at the back that, and then in games I don't think we've really looked like conceding a goal. Like I don't remember Motherwell really having a great chance. Obviously they had they had the one off the bar, then the one where Joe Hart makes a double save, but uh, that was offside anyway, so it'd have been irrelevant if it did go in. So I don't. I can't really think of any period in the game where I thought, oh, we're, we're hanging on here. So I think the fact that it's it's kind of, I know I've spoke about it in the past, about sort of a, a wee bit similar to Martin O'Neill when he came in with the sort of turnaround in players and stuff. And it's kind of similar in the sense that we've seen to have good defence and get away with winning games 1-0 and stuff. So I just need to keep grinding out results and until January now, even like you said, the, the three points all matters. But I thought it was it was an impressive performance and a different sort of style than what we've seen. Yeah, I think, I think you're right to point out, Franny, that it was disciplined, it was patient as well, Ross. And one thing that we we can all admit, the kind of free flowing football in the league kind of disappeared. Obviously, after a couple of six nils earlier in the season, we're being more controlling, we're affecting games a lot better. Uh, defensively as well, Francis is right to allude to. We seem a lot more solid, and it's great to see. I th- well, I think personally, Ross, the first choice back four. I mean, Juranovic at right back, Carter Vicker, Starfelt, and Taylor. So <laughs> it's good to see them play together. But overall, what did you take away from that game? Um, just similar to Franny. I, I thought, <clears throat> like you've touched on, it was a, a another controlled performance. But I, I think we started off pretty well, and then. 
we did we got a couple of early chances and we didn't take them. And I felt that the team coupled with the fans, coupled with the um the fact that there was a silent protest, I think the players got a bit nervous. I think in the back of their minds, no strike no first choice striker or recognised striker. And then they're like, We've not took these chances, is we're gonna rue these and then the fans got a bit tetchy. Uh, and even Juranovic himself sort of alluded to the fact that the players were a bit spooked by the silent protest. Um, so I think they, they sort of lost their way a wee bit uh, midway through the first half. Uh, Joe Hart came to a rescue. I thought, Franny says we weren't hanging on. I, I don't think we were ever hanging on, but I think there was maybe a 10-minute period where we looked pretty shaky uh, and Motherwell... Had a couple of good chances, but we, we weathered that mini storm, if you like, and then we got a foothold in the game again, eh, and then we came up with the goal, which we'll probably touch on later, which was just a, a goal that, that you love to see. You know they've worked on it. Eh, and then the second half, I felt we completely controlled the whole second half, eh, and again, it came down to not taking your chances. And they, they made... A barrel load. Actually, in the end, it could have been another like sort of one of the games that we've seen a lot of this season, where it's a high-scoring game, both teams. Uh, but Celtic would have come out on top had both sides took all of the chances that they both made. Celtic would have still come out on top. Um, but in the end, they don't take their chances, but they still manage to shut up, shut up shop at the back and keep an our clean sheet. And if you're not going to score goals but like a lot of goals but you're keeping clean sheets then you, you, you're always going to have a chance to win a game when you're keeping clean sheets I think that's a great point and obviously the most striking thing Franny was there was no recognised striker and we had a big discussion about it pre-match in, in our podcast chat about what kind of formation we'd see I kind of went for the Rodgers false nine but in the game itself it looked like there was two players it was like 4-2-4 four, four with Turnbull and Rodgers playing more advanced but touching upon Rod- Rodgers like He's just unbelievable. The fan of form he's in at the minute is fantastic. And I described him as a, a dancer <laughs> and a footballer's top when I was doing the Celtics of the Mind uh, coverage of the game. And that's the way he is. The way he takes the ball, he took that goal fantastically well. Just one touch, bang, into the top corner from that. It's good to, good to see him like that, especially after it looked like he was out the door. Yeah, I think quite a lot of Celtic fans probably wouldn't have been too fussed if he left. Because I think under Lennon, he could, I mean, plenty of players last season kind of regressed and stuff, but he was one that just wasn't really featuring. When he was, it was nothing was happening, but he's obviously been rejuvenated under uh, Postacoglu, which is no, it's maybe not a great surprise considering they worked together at Australia and stuff, but stop laughing at him with that t-shirt. <laughs> I, can see him. I know, I can I see know. him like the wee smile coming there. Bradley, before he, before he continues, do you want to know what's come to my mind? Do you film Bad Santa? Oh, there was it. Oh yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it like once. <laughs> oh man, you look. You just look like a, you look like a depressed sand on the whiskey or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a happy guy in a world of seriousness. Let's bring some laughter. So it is good to see, obviously, the sort of a rebirth. I feel like a uh, uh, and like you said, Stephen, he's in a great vein of form and. He is a real, real talent, a really like a really good football player, really good football brain. He has got that killer pass. We know he's got that type of goal in him. Uh, we've seen it obviously last week against 
uh, Dundee United, but he just kind of hits it on the inside. It all just seems to curl a shot. I never see. I've, I can't remember him since the Kilmarnock goal years ago. I'm actually rifling a shot, and Everton just seems caressed and just I incidentally, it was probably the hardest out his sort of three chances he scored. Probably the hardest one because there are a couple of chances yeah. at the start of the second mm-hmm. half that were probably easier. But I think <clears> the chances in the second half are more a striker's chance. It was maybe just a wee bit of indecision. Not it wasn't instinct. We <coughs> take the finish. Obviously, like we said, it was clearly a, a move that we'd been practicing in training. So it was obviously more than an instinct finish. But yeah, the the guys on the guy is on form now, and it's it can only bode well for us. And you see it when. Kyogo comes in and that he's he's playing plenty of passes for Kyogo and stuff. Look at the neck he used to. <laughs> I keep catching his eye. I'm going to take this off. We'll not get through that. Rogic is brilliant. He's brilliant in it. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant in it. Uh, in a nutshell. And then, and to, to be fair, like you, you're right to look at the chance in the second half, especially when it was caught into him in the box. For me, he should have bank like correct like as you said they smashed that into the net but instead as Ross alluded to he tried to just kind of finesse it in a wee bit of culture in his foot where he just should have made full contact but I mean Ross we can let him away of that he scored a fantastic goal at Tannadice another brilliant team goal against Motherwell for me at the moment obviously Jada and Kyogo are missing but he's probably our best player isn't he? Um, ah, he's right up there uh, uh, you can't overlook Callum McGregor as well and especially the role he played in that Goal yesterday. Uh, I thought, well, he sort of orchestrated. Uh, he orchestrated it. He he made the call. We'll we'll do mm-hmm. that one for the training ground. Uh, so I I mean, Rogic is on form. He's playing out his skin. Uh, he's he's right up there with one of our best players right now. You can't argue with that at all. Uh, he, he did miss a, a few chances. He was guilty of that yesterday, but. He, he can't score every single chance you get, and he's getting a lot of chances. So the low averages, he's probably not going to score as as many. He's not a, an out and out finisher. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But he's just he, he, it's like we've said in previous podcasts. He just brings a completely different dynamic to the Celtic attack when he's on the team, uh, and when him and Kyogo are on the team, he's the one guy that can sort of. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one. <laughs> he's the one guy that can sort of see the Kyogo run in the in the team at the moment, anyway. Uh, and I don't think at the moment Celtic can do with it. Well, I say do without him. They, they probably could to an extent, but you don't. You, you wouldn't choose to in one of your bigger games. I mean, we don't need we don't don't need to be without any more players. No, injury, uh, I, know, <laughs> I know. It's touch, it's grown. <laughs> I groan day by day, Ross. So keep that comment to yourself. It's so bad doesn't come true. <laughs> but I mean, but looking at the game, there was some good performance. But I want to touch upon Juranovic, Franny. And at some points of that game, he gave the ball away quite slappy. You know, at the right back position. I thought when Ralston come on, there was a difference. I'm not saying obviously Ralston's better quality or anything like that at all. But do you think Juranovic is just a case of him settling in another position coming from left back? I probably. I would probably say that, just try to settle on into, like, I know he is naturally a right back and stuff, but he's played most of his Celtic career at left yeah. back, and he was probably just kind of getting into that inverted fullback from the left-hand side, so he's probably just having to readjust and kind of getting the right-hand side, but, like, he's not going to play 
brilliant every game, so it might have just been one of the games because once Ralston came on, they went uh, up further up the park. He actually played a lot better, I thought. And then, yeah. so I don't know if it was maybe the fact that obviously Forrest went off early, and it might have been the fact that we didn't have a striker for him, he had it in early, and things like that. It could be a lot of things why he didn't seem to play well, but it was probably what I can remember. Like, it wasn't rubbish, but it, it certainly it's potentially. His, his worst game on a Celtic jersey without actually like it was maybe a six or a six six and a half out of ten. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was far 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 rotten yesterday. It was, it was a bit sloppy at times. Yeah. <coughs> what was your opinion of him, Ross? Because I think I'm um, along the same lines as Francis. I think it wasn't a great game from him. I thought he made a few passes, especially in the second half. Just went straight to Motherwell players. He was a bit sloppy in possession. Didn't really show his qualities in the final third quite coincidentally until he went up to play in the right wing position, which he kind of excelled in towards the end of the game. But do you think it's just a case of him getting used to that side? Yes, he's a, a right back by trade, but because he's played left back, getting used to the players over there for Celtic, he's moved over again. He's settling in. Do you think that's what's happening? Um, well, I was going to sort of touch on I'm sort of moving up the part later in the game. Uh, I thought he'd done really well when he went up there. Uh, like you've said, didn't he have his best game, but I, I thought he'd done okay. Uh, I don't think there was any one Celtic player you could have said yesterday was absolutely outstanding. I think they all played, sorry, not within themselves, but they, they all had sorry average games and we, we got over the line. Uh, but I think Juranovic showed his, his worth yesterday and the fact that he's now played further up the park, he's played at right back, he's played at left back and I don't think in at any moment in, in the positions he's let us down. Uh, so I think again it's it's not something you would choose to do, but you you can later in the game if you want to shore things up, bring Ralston on and stuff like that. You can push him a wee bit further up the park. He's he's quite a what's the word a, a bit of a, uti- a utility player. Um, utility so, player indeed. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's excuse me. He's certainly shown his worth. And I thought he'd done okay yesterday. Yeah, I, I agree. I think his qualities will come to the fore once he gets a run of games in that position. But like looking at the team in a whole, and obviously we do talk about him quite a lot recently, Franny, and it's Mickey Johnson. He came on for the, the injured Forest. And for me, yes, he, he played well in bits of the game, but I still just think he's not cutting it. And it's not trying to pigeonhole him or anything like that. I just think... There's an obvious drop-off between Jada and him. And to be, to be fair, when Mickey Johnson first broke through, I thought he was the best thing since sliced bread, all the wee tricks and flicks mm-hmm. he took on as player. But that just doesn't seem to be in him at the moment, does it, not? Nah, like, obviously we touched on that in a, a recent podcast. And I think one positive I can take from him is it never seems to hide for the game. He always tries to get involved. But <clears> it's just, he can't... I don't. It must be a confidence because he, he he has got ability. I just I don't think I can see a future for him at Celtic. And like, like he's probably got the perfect chance to get a run of game. So he's that is mm-hmm. probably a good a good chance from a show his worth. He's he's not for me. He's not doing it right now. He's not really producing what we need. Cause I think he's played like ten games, zero goals, zero assists. It's it's not good for a, a forward minded player, a, a winger. He, just, he can't have the kind of stats. And the fact that when he gets the ball, he, it doesn't really beat a man. He's no really in product. He's coming inside and his shots, he seems to just be lashing at shots, which to me leans towards a, a confidence thing where you're not, you're just trying too hard to actually get a shot off instead of maybe thinking about a shot. But 
yeah, the boy just for me is he is struggling now, and I think obviously the fans, a lot of fans. I don't know if he's maybe the whipping boy or becoming the whipping <laughs> boy or whatever, but he certainly isn't putting in the performances that we need. And like, I, I would not be if you said, "Oh, Michael Johnson was starting there," I wouldn't be like, "Oh yeah," I'd be like, "I'm just not sure what I'm going to get from." But yeah. it's just that, I, like you say, I don't want to be having a go at the boy, but you've just kind of got to call it, as you say, Stephen, I, just, I don't see what I've seen him since he's had a chance to come in and impress. It's just he's failed to do that so far. I totally agree with you. And obviously, Mickey Johnson is Ross's favourite player. So like, we all know that in this podcast. <laughs> but like, I'll, get, I'll give it to you this way to make it a bit fairer, right? Obviously, Johnson's kind of back up to Jada. Abada as well, I'm going to throw into the mixer, Ross. I think that personally, he hasn't been great. He hasn't been great for me the last couple of games. Even the game there at the weekend, yes, he he, he runs and stuff. He very rarely beats a man. His end product, too, is quite questionable at times when he gets in certain positions. He, he kind of kind of fluffs at the ball or plays the wrong pass. But both our way players at the minute are getting bailed out by Tom Rodgers. That's, that's kind of the truth of it, isn't it? Aye, I, I would. 100% agree with that. Abada, I don't like to have a go at the guy. We say it on almost every podcast. He's, he's just in the door. He started well. You know how it goes. But the last few games, he has been, as you've alluded to before, Stephen, he's been an empty shot. He's he's no brought anything to the game. Uh, he's not took a man on. He's He just looks unsure when he gets into that final third. He, doesn't he seem to want to run it, run it players? Uh, I just don't know what it is. And then Mikey Johnson as well. It's it frustrates the life out of me, Mikey Johnson, because <laughs> uh, you can see like there's glimpses, right? And like you've said there, when he first came into the team, you thought we've got a good one here, but he shows glimpses, and you can see he has got that ability to. Not just be a man, absolutely. Skin him, put him in his arse, run rings around him. But yep. he's just not doing it now. And he's not done it, again, he's been injured, but he's not done it for Celtic for a very long time. And he's getting chance after chance at the moment. He's just not grasping it. And it's it's really annoying. I have said in the past that he's, he's rotten and he's not going to make it at Celtic. And I, I still believe he isn't going to make it at Celtic. I think I'm being harsh saying he's rotten. He's no rotten, do you know what I mean? But he's, <laughs> he's just no showing the qualities that we we all know he, he does possess and he has sh- shown, certainly when he, any time he came into the team under Rodgers, he, he did show glimpses, uh, but he's just no showing it just now. Uh, and I, I think Abada, he will come, he, he will come good, but I don't know. I really can't put my finger on what it is with him at the moment because he's he came in and he was like, like ah, just on fire, eh? he was on fire. He was fully confidence. He was getting. He, he, don't be wrong. He, he scored a few. Some of the goals he scored, he, he got a good break of the ball and it came back to him again. But but he was getting aye, in the positions. Aye, aye, exactly. He's not getting into the positions anymore. Coming in off. Coming in wide and getting getting the loose ball or whatever, he's not coming in off the line and doing that. I just don't. I can't put my finger on it, but I, th- I think he, he will come good again. But I think we're probably going to bring in a couple of guys uh, for Japan, like 
that's been spoke about. So he might fall further down the pecking order, we don't know, but it's going to bring a competition for places and if he wants to be mm-hmm. in the team then he's going to really have to up his game and for, I think he was something like £4 million uh, mm-hmm. I think you can allow him a season to come in and settle uh, and then after that he really needs to start showing that like oh, he's worth that, that. Uh, he, but he needs a run in the team but don't get me wrong actually he has been getting a bit of a run and I mean there's Forrest got injured yesterday again Oh. So he's going to be in the team probably. I don't know how long for us out, but I'm guessing that a bad will start the next game. Uh, we don't know, but aye, I just trying to put my helping, finger on it. I think what's helping a bad is the fact that cause his numbers, cause his assist, his goal contributions is kind of higher. Yeah. And I think that's what's helping him a wee bit and getting him a wee bit of leeway. Where Mikey Johnson isn't even, although he's not playing great, he's down. It doesn't seem to be getting any assists and stuff. And he's had like, one assist, Mikey that. Johnson. To be fair. Oh, I see. Uh, he set uh, up the uh, Henderson goal. And I think you touched on that before as well. Like you look at like look at Mikey Johnson when he came through Rogers, like physique wise, he's the same as he was like three years ago, as he Aye. is now and stuff. And you look at guys like Ryan Christie who went away and bulked up and got bigger, it's just I don't know, as is he really just thinking oh well I'm at Celtic is it a mentality thing? Is I don't need to do any more. I, I just don't know what it is. Aye. I, I mean, I don't it know is... how he's not bulked up eh, even during the lockdown because I certainly bulked up. <laughs> Aye. Aye. <laughs> in a good we way. All... <laughs> we, we, all... we all know what way you bulked up, Ross. Aye. <laughs> got a per- perfect draft machine, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, it is a strange one with a batter. He just kind of dropped off out of nowhere. He kind of played a few good games and he dropped off and he's been dropping off ever since. I think it's right to point out he's not getting into positions to hit them rebound shots. Like the instinct he was showing, yeah. I thought at the start of the season was fantastic. That just seems to be going out the window. He very rarely beats a man. And I know he's probably living off, his, as you said, Francis, his past gold, gold contributions and assists, that kind of thing. And that's fair enough. But he needs to come back into form for this run of games. We're going to need him. And then Mickey Johnson, not being harsh here, but he needs to put, pull the finger out of his fucking arse. He needs he needs to show something. <laughs> he, he needs he needs to get he needs to get involved. Do you know what I mean, and I don't like doubting him mm. because I, as you alluded to, I thought he was fantastic when he first broke through. I mean, he, he took players on for fun, not once but twice. Sometimes laid them on their arse, and he scored mm. some cracking goals. And I do hope that comes back for him if he plays a run of games and he he gets involved with the team. That's what in my opinion needs to do. Otherwise, as Francis said, he needs to go out and loan and get bulked up and come back again and. Try one more time. Maybe that's the only option for him. But the I, end. I have to. I have to. Say, sorry, Steve, I have to say he was very unlucky with that header yesterday because it was. Uh, yeah. He it was. A, it was a sort of floated ball, and he got a lot of like power behind the header. He had to generate it, and he was. He was unlucky. It was a good effort, mm-hmm. and he did show glimpses. I, I think he did show glimpses yesterday, and it was one. He. It was probably one of one of if no his best game since he's sorry. Mm-hmm come back round about the team again again. So both players could just be doing a goal. Could just be doing a just goal something to just to, to help. just to give them a wee I mean obviously and a a negative on a on a positive here. We'll have to talk about Carl Starfelt Franny and Cameron Carter Vickers. I think they're forming 
a fantastic partnership at the back. I mean, Motherwell had mm-hmm. Fa- Van Veen up front with Tony Watt, big physical men, big physical presence, and they both dealt with them fantastically well, especially Fickers. He is an absolute machine. And me and Ross talked about this and uh-huh. on the podcast Ross mm-hmm. hosted about would you take him and Jada would Celtic spend that money? I mean, the, the more weeks go on, Celtic have to spend twelve million quid in both of them. Like they're they're both fantastic. Like well, I think it, it, I I think regardless you need to buy Carter Vickers, it's like I've heard figures from three million up to well, I think the ten million was quickly quickly squashed when it was like mm-hmm. and that was just the, the papers chucking something out there then I think within a day or two it was it was squashed. So I've I've heard like it's run about three to three and a half million you could possibly get the guy for because he's only got a year left in his contract. But I appreciate obviously money in England is stupid. So if it is the six, six and a half as well, you would probably get that off an English team because it's it's peanuts at the end of the day down there. But I, I do believe obviously if, if you win the league then you've got forty million to play with twelve twelve million for that day two players is, is is nothing at the end of the day and it's maybe something you need to I know the Celtic board maybe aren't famous for it, but sometimes you need to speculate to accumulate so to speak. So exactly. it's maybe worth bringing these guys in early, just making sure you get the deals done. Like I think Carter Vickers is as is important as getting the Yacht deal done. But the Yacht one maybe is a wee bit uh, easier than the fact that we know how much we need to pay. I don't know if it's been negotiated what we would need to pay to get Carter Vickers. But yeah, it's definitely a deal that we need to get done because he reads the game. So it just looks like a proper defender. He's like He looks a unit, looks strong. Not the fastest, not the tallest, but he, he always seems to win his aerial duels and stuff. And he reads the game so well. And the same has to be said for Starfield. I know he, he had a shaky start when he came in and stuff. Wasn't wasn't brilliant. Had wee glimpses. I mean, he still looks an absolute nervous wreck on the ball. But at the end of the day, it's... Is the you guys? Think so? I think he's improved. He's improved. He's improved. But I think still got that more, mistake in him, man. I think it's more down to the fact that guys like McGregor and and Tumble are coming shown for him, giving him an easier pass. I would say, where it's not just passed across the back and things like that. I do think he's getting a wee bit more assured on the ball, but he still looks an absolute nervous wreck. But. Again, it's another guy that is just he's came like he was shown a bit of form up until he got injured, but he's came back for the injury and he's just he's absolutely hurt the ground running. Like I, he never seems to similar to never seems to have lost a header. Looks like a guy that likes defending and stuff as well. Doesn't look the biggest bulk, but he's, he seems strong enough. And again, my my only issue with the two if you had to pick it is they're not the quickest and not the tallest two centre halves. I would say, but. It seems a silly thing to say when you consider we've got the best defensive record to pick the kind of things up against them. Well, I tell you, I, I tell you one thing, Ross. I mean, I've, I haven't seen any player muscle Carter Vickers off the ball yet. If anyone has, mm-hmm. please tell me. But I haven't seen it, especially mm-hmm. domestic level. I do agree. Maybe they're not the quickest or tallest, but they certainly make up for it, Ross, and how to read the game. I think Carter Vickers. He does. <laughs> He looks slow over, over the over the yards and stuff, but he gets there. He gets the ball, makes the, their striker look like an absolute fool. Just gets away from him. Starfelt, big and, big and strong in the air in terms of getting up, the good leap on him. I just think they're two players that have bet it in really well. Um, uh, the, they, they certainly seem to be forming a good partnership. Uh, Carter Vickers, I think we should move heaven and earth to, to get him signed on. I think he... Is just, I just think he's brilliant. I think he's one of the best defenders we've had at the club 
in a long, long time. I think he's superb, and I just do everything you can along with Jota to get him. Whether the board will do that remains to be seen. But if it was down to me, aye, I, I, that's that's the that's the two main mm-hmm. guys you need to sign in the summer. But um, moving on to Starfield, I, I think again, like you've said, he's he's starting to look a bit more assured. Uh, but there's still that mistake in him. I, I think when he's defending, defenders running at him, when he's defending the box, I think he looks pretty good. Uh, he's, his positional sense and that's no bad. But when he gets the ball at his feet, even when like they, they pass it back and forth to each other like a game of tennis, about 50, 60, maybe even 100 times a game, and it's frightening sometimes because there was a point in that first half where it was near the end of the first half and they kept going and then it was going to Taylor and then it was going out to Yanovic oh, yeah, yeah. and then the next minute we were almost back in our goal line and then Joe Hart like sometimes I don't know what his feet are doing but um, <laughs> it was it's quite scary sometimes but then Starfield had a moment it was about 80 minutes right down his byline and I think he's, I can't even mind exactly, I think he tried to pass it across to Hart and he nearly got caught out. And I thought, there's your mistake, that's your mistake, this game, there's always one dodgy moment. And he got away with it, but he won't always get away with it. And it's, no. I don't know, they're certainly forming a good partnership though. But when Julian's back fit, if he's going to be all right in that, do you, do you bring him in for Starfield? I, I don't know, because then... You don't know if Vickers, you don't know if Vickers is going to be there, but sure. I don't know. They've they've built up this partnership. If you bring Julian in, then you're back to square one, building up a partnership and understanding mm-hmm. between Vickers and the keeper. Uh, so, um, I mean, that's that's for Postecoglou to decide. Whatever he decides, I'll trust. But uh, I, I've, I, I'm I'm warming a lot more to Starfield, but I still have. Slight reservations. Yeah, my my granddad calls them starships. <laughs> but, but like, um, I do agree with you saying the Julian situation is one decision I I wouldn't be like to be in Anza's shoes because I think we can all agree Julian on his day he's a fantastic defender for Celtic. He comes up with some vital goals as well. Obviously, the one that stands out winning the league cup against Rangers, so he's a vital player. Does and. Hopefully he is back soon. We'd have no time for him that, but I am looking forward it's to seeing him for something again. As well. Yeah. Like so the only thing annoys me, the only thing annoys me, he points to where he's passed it all the time. It really bugs me. He like, just <laughs> points of people. They're like, stop telling me where you're going. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But nine times out of ten, he makes the pass, so I can't really complain. But look, as much as we like to talk about, obviously the pass has said things that the centre-back partnership, this injury list, Francis, is absolutely mad. And James Forrest is the another casualty after only coming back from injury. Yes, he pulled up a game, the game before the European game, wasn't involved against Batiste, came back on, he lasted 18 <laughs> minutes, I believe. And it's it's just not good to see all these key players. Yes, Kyogo might not be as serious as we all thought, which is fantastic. Hopefully he's back soon. But Jada and Forrest look like they'll be out for a long time. And then the other guys who are injured as well. It's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I think. I mean, I think a lot of that can go. Away. You could potentially go way back to last season. Was it maybe a, 
an issue with training last season when they were, maybe weren't training because it, it's all seems to be muscling. Like we've had the bad tackles. Like you look at the the tum- the butcher one and tumble, and he's uh-huh. fine. It's it's all muscle. It's no injuries seem to. But I can remember I've came for a bad tackle or came for any tackle. It's all seems pulling to be hamstring injuries. Ah, it's pulling up. So is that down to training last season? So it's a, it's a, clearly a new way of training. Obviously they're training at 100 miles an hour, playing at 100 miles an hour. These injuries are going to happen. There's just, there's nothing you can really do to stop them. Like, if Postacoglu wants us to play that kind of inten- high intensity for 90 minutes, you're going to have to train like that as well because you can't just expect to turn up on a Saturday or Sunday and, and, and play that way. So you've got to train that way. So your bodies, and the fact that we're playing at the weekend, then midweek and the weekend, midweek, your body's not getting a, a chance to recover. So that's probably not helping. So it, it's not ideal. And then it goes back to the depth in the squad, like the, the drop off and the guys like when guys like Michael Johnson and stuff like that come in. It's just yeah, that you would maybe get away with it if you if you had better quality waiting in the wings. But uh, it's just one of the ones that's Forrest was out for a for a while. So hopefully it's not a recurrence of that injury because then it could be any man every week or months he's out for mm-hmm. hopefully it was just a wee niggle and they thought right let's not risk it just get him off and maybe it's the, it was a wee bit of the whole Kyogo how it was probably you could uh, maybe possibly call us thinking oh it was maybe the wrong thing to bring Kyogo on the other week and stuff I'm not wanting the same happen with Forrest where I've got him out so I'll just I'll take him off when he's, he's felt something so you just hope that you can get boys get these boys back Try and get to January without any more injuries, and you can hopefully get more guys in. And it'll, obviously, it'll still not be great if you get injuries, but you've probably look at the bench going, Well, I've got better quality come in, or equally, I can give guys a rest during the week, I can rotate a wee bit better <coughs> without the without the drop, such a drop off in, in performance. So, I think a lot it's just it's a new style of play, a new style of training. That's unfortunately, I just think it's it's part and parcel of that. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I actually have never there. I've never thought about what you said there Fanny in terms of thinking of, tracking it back to last season what was the training regime like then was it that, mm-hmm. that bad that the players Ross can't get used to the, the way Posta Coglu wants professional athletes to train under this kind of intensity I'm not trying to say that like, there's not clearly Neil Lennon would have had them too like it's maybe just I'm just kind of just chucking an argument out there there's obviously nothing to suggest that's why it is like I'm not trying to suggest yeah. no, no, Lennon was uh, unprofessional uh, or that but uh, it, it, I mean, it is it, it is a good point, sorry, Ross. But it is a good point what you're yeah. saying, and like obviously, you look at it, I've, I've seen certain people say maybe Paul Caldwell should tweak tweak his training methods, <laughs> kind of stuff like that. But I don't agree with that. Players should be able to train, mm-hmm. go to the match, uh-huh. play the do you know what I mean recovery time. I know that's important, but what strikes me the most as well, Ross, with finish with Ralevich at right wing against Motherwell, so it does show the depth <laughs> of squad is certainly lacking in that area in terms of forward areas. But do you think obviously with a run of games coming up? I mean. The next four games are all the way away from home. Obviously, one's a, a cup final at Hamden, but you've got Ross County, Dingwall, St Mirren, and then St Johnson. It is a tough kind of schedule, isn't it? Especially can with an understrength squad. That pesky computer generator, eh? It <laughs> 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 hasn't set up at all, those fixtures. It's, nah. it's the computer generator. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> um, no, just to touch on what you were talking about there, I, I mean, I, I get the sentiment, say what Franny's saying about it possibly being like the way, however Neil Lennon was training, but then you've got to remember as well, 
most of the players are new players that weren't uh, playing under mm. Lennon. So, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, I'm talking shit. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just assumes I'm being a dick. <laughs> um, no, but uh, as, as regards. Aye, ah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> uh, I, I get, I get what people are saying about these sort of training training regime and stuff like that. But like you've said, Stephen, I don't think he should change that. No. Um, and I think for me, the injuries are probably coming off a, like the intensity we train at, the intensity we play at, and. It's, it's so noticeable the now because we're losing big players and we can't bring other players in because of the squad depth. But I think, like Angie's said that enough times, he needs X amount of players for each position. And he knows that because he knows that we'll pick up injuries like this because of the way we play, the intensity. But given time, given enough few transfer windows, if he's back the way he wants to be or as, as good as the board can possibly back him, then I think you'll start to see that, okay, we'll still maybe pick up injuries like that along the way, but we'll be able to deal with it a bit better and cope with it a bit better than what we are just now because we'll have more bodies and and more depth. Uh, So I think we just, we have to ride it out, if you like, the now, uh, with what we've got. And like Franny says, I think we all know, we just need to get to January, stay in touch, Hopefully the guys will start coming back. If we can just please get that victory in the second of January, just to get even closer, and then just add to the squad and just if we can get that victory in the second of January, and we're we're still we, we can get it down to one point, say, mm-hmm. and then we we're starting getting bodies back. We're obviously going to get bodies in. It's it's the worst kept secret ever that we're bringing these guys <laughs> in for Japan. So uh, I, I think if we can just get to January unscathed and just get like like games like games like yesterday, just see it through. You mm-hmm. guys like Vickers at the back, you've got every chance. Joe Hart and goals doing what he done yesterday, you've got every chance. Uh, and we have got goals. <sighs> I was going to say all over the park, certainly from middle to front. Also <laughs> uh, over the park. Middle to front, but uh, at the moment we need the guys in the middle to come up with the goods because we're lacking in that central focal point. Uh, but I just get to January and then give them a big fright in the second and then just go for it. <laughs> well, just to come back into quickly there, Ross, right? our next league games, well, we'll touch upon more detail, obviously, going to Dingwall and Ross County. But Ross County, away from Merlin, away from Johnson, away, do you think we're going to get maximum nine points? Yes or no? Um, you can never predict the future, but on paper, Celtic should take maximum points for that. But then, that's that's not how football works. Uh, they'll probably Celtic, like say Rangers yesterday, right? You're you're looking at that game at Tynecastle and thinking that could be a banana skin. They they won it quite comfortably. Rangers will probably and Celtic will probably drop points in a game where you least expect it, and. It'll just open. It'll put things wide open in the title race again. It's 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 going to be nip and tuck all the way, and it's it's 
right up for grabs. It's anybody's title right now, and it's it's so so interesting. And as much as we love Celtic winning all the titles and winning them at a canter, this it's no it's no good for the ticker, but it's certainly enjoyable, <laughs> and it's uh, it's really good for us guys doing this sort of thing that we are doing. It it, it makes for for a good chat. It does definitely. That was a, the longest yes or no answer ever, Ross. So thanks for that. But ah uh, well, I, I don't do yes or no's. Oh, I, know that, I know that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but frankly, I mean, Ross makes an interesting point. Obviously, we know we can't predict results of things they like got, but usually problems like Ross County thing, well, going to submerge Johnson would be thinking nine points. And for me, it's quite critical. We we don't drop anything, whether that's a draw or a loss. I don't think it's acceptable because we need to focus on our results and not results from the other side coming through to kind of work for us. So we need to keep this run and momentum going. Do, do you not think so? I Like Celtic, you're expected to win every week, Stephen, so regardless of position, but I th- like I've probably just got to jinx it big time, but uh, your Ross County, St. Johnston's and St. Mirren's are absolutely playing horrendous. Isn't it? Like, I think St. Mirren have lost about eight of the last ten games and St. Johnston are like one, one in Nine or so. It's, they're all in Johnson are rock bottom of the league. Uh, so I so I probably just I probably just jinx it and we'll drop points in probably two of the games or something. So it's just it's what I know, but it's just you'll go in the naughty step, boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking. He's talking. <laughs> but yeah, you've definitely got to like like we touched on right way back at the start of the, the show. Where we're in a really good place now, form wise. Where you're like. There's no better habit than winning one. A really good habit, a winning the now. So I, I just can't see anything. Right now, I can't see anything but nine points out of the like. Come January, uh, <clears throat> or the, there's running four fixtures. I can't see anything but us getting nine points and a cup in the in the cabinet in the next few weeks. Yeah. I, I can, honestly can't see anything but that the now. See at the end That's... of the day, see see when you're sitting four points behind Rangers in the league, going going into like well halfway through December. There's no such thing as a draw for Celtic. No, you can get no. away with it when you're in front. Rangers Rangers could get away with a draw now, but draws are no good enough for Celtic Yeah, at this point. moment in time. It's win, 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 win ah, yeah, yeah. at all costs. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, 100% agree. And obviously, won the match yesterday, chance against Motherwell, 1-0. A stealing performance, as I said at the start of the podcast. But one thing in the game that we all can ignore is the, the, the protest going on, Ross, the silent protest. Um, Juranovic, you said at the start, came out and said that kind of the players were spooked bad. They were talking about it in the dressing room. He, I think he like joked at one point saying the players should go on the pitch and just drink a cup of coffee and sit down. So they all they, they, they do know what's happening. But with this, I spoke about this on the the Celtic City of Mind coverage and, and the the full time kind of reaction. And I, I was saying that I can see where it's coming, like coming from. Obviously, you do want to back the team, but sometimes you need to make this board sit up and listen. They ignore the fans for me far too much. And at one point, I did hear some fans, I wanted to confirm before I said out loud, kind of saying, you can shove your side and protest up your, you know what's after that. Mm-hmm. So you you heard, you could hear the discontent among supporters. In the stands, that's not good because we all praise Postacoglu from separating football with the politics on the boardroom. But as long as these protests keep going, Ross, it seems like it's going to end up affecting the football pitch. Well... I understand why they're doing it, right? But they've done countless protests in the last number of weeks. They've done the, the tennis balls onto the pitch. They've done a few silent protests now. And still, there is no 
answer for the, the board, the club, right? So these silent protests are doing nothing because the board don't care, right? They don't care about the fans. So it doesn't matter how many silent protests you do. They'll speak when they're ready to speak. It doesn't matter about the protests, right? So for me, just everybody's entitled to protest. This way is not working. And it's actually having, in my opinion, a detrimental effect on the team, on the pitch. So I think for the, 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 the remaining games or the, the next games, whatever, they should just sort of sack that. The club are out of order for no coming out by now and saying, just making a statement like like people have touched on in other podcasts and other areas. Just They don't need to mention names. Just make a statement. We're not appointing X, Y, Z, whatever. But the silent protest is not working. It's, it's, it's not helping the team on the pitch. So just for me, I would sack that now. Maybe do a protest outside the ground just to mm-hmm. just to keep it in people's minds, uh, but keep it away from the, the the inside the ground now because it's it's not working. It doesn't matter how many protests you do for me; they're not going to listen. They'll they're 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 ignorant to the Celtic supports' feelings. So this protest is right now for me doing nothing good. It is quite a, a damning verdict, isn't it, Francis, when Juranovic, one of your top players, comes out and says it's affecting the team, basically saying that up front. They're talking about it in the dress room, they notice it on the pitch. And Ross makes a great point. We all know this Bernard Higgins thing. He's not welcome at Celtic. They've done their protests with the tennis balls, the silent protests, they have banners at every game. And I, for one, support support them saying he's not welcome. We were on that agreement, this, the kind of letter that was sent to Michael Nicholson, the chief executive, saying we don't support the, the appointment. And what annoyed me yesterday was the fact there seemed to be a discontent among Celtic fans. It seemed to be growing throughout the game. There, there was the chorus of that. You could shove yeah. your silent protest up your... You know what I mean? But that was coming out and then you, you heard some fans trying to sing and then it tailed off after like 10, 15 seconds. The atmosphere about, about the park just wasn't great for me. And are you, like, I agree with Ross to that extent. Maybe protest outside the ground. Keep your banners obviously within the Green Brigade section. Give them to other supporters to hold up. I think we should start back in the team, especially through this busy, busy schedule. Yeah, it's a hard because, like you say, you want without obviously going at the whole Bernard thing and saying why, why we're protest like the mess. Obviously, the mess, the, the silent protest was in sort of a retaliation. I feel like because the Celtic board have been silent in replying to letters for the, like, the Celtic Trust and things like that. So it was a wee bit of that, and the fact that well, if you've been silent with us, we'll be silent there, but. Like, I think there's, there's plenty more folk in the stadium that could sing. Granted, like you said, the, the tried and tailed off. Like you can't just pin this on the Green Brigade for it being silent. Oh, no, like, definitely not. Definitely like, not. Like, no, no. They're just, they're just like, no. well, I, I mean, I don't know how many there is. Maybe 5,000 or something in that corner. Maybe two, I don't know, maybe three, 5,000 in that corner. You can't just expect them to generate all the atmosphere. But it's... I do, you do want to support the team, especially at this time. And yeah, the silent protest can maybe have a negative impact, but again, I understand it. It's like it's just, but like used to say, the board just, they are ignorant to it. They're just, they're not really interested, it would seem. And they should just, just come out and make a statement. Like one statement could 
stop all this and get get everybody. Not that nobody's on side, but it's like you say, it's a, a tough, tough run of fixtures. It's a massive season. There's a real opportunity here. You just want everybody on board, everybody fighting for the one cause, everybody on side, and you just you don't need like post as we've said, the four postacogs done well and manage to keep all that carry on the side and like and keeping the like the players playing the way they're keeping that as a separate issue. But when you start hearing songs like you heard at the weekend that it starts, that can maybe hear numbers when you can actually hear the sort of fans yep. against each other. So Postacogos done well to keep that that kind of thing away. So it's just I, I would whilst I want to agree with it like the whole staying silent and stuff and why they've done it, it's just as you just need to get behind the team and just but just get behind the team. It's one cause, just get behind the team. But the board need to the board could really stop this in an instant if they wanted I mean, to. We are, we we all aren't blind enough to see who's causing that fight among the fans. It's a Celtic board at the end of the day, it all stems to them. It's an issue we could probably talk about for hours, but unfortunately we can't do that. But I think the main <laughs> is we, we support obviously the, the kind of protest angle where you're coming from, but just get get behind the team. That includes, as you said, Franny. Every fan on the ground, sing if you want to sing. You shouldn't be told not to sing. Get the atmosphere going if you want to. And as you rightly said, it's not all in the Green Brigade or other groups who've decided to do this. If off your own bat, get the atmosphere going if you want to do it. Do you know what I mean? Get behind the team you all love in that Celtic Football Club. But one of one of the things that the silent protest did benefit Ross was the shambolic performance of that referee. Because if that stadium was a full voice, <laughs> he would be getting absolute dogs abuse for his performance because. Did he forget his cards? I really, I, I genuinely don't know what was going on in that game. There were some tackles that went, and you're going, that's that's a definite booking. Obviously, the, the counter-attack, stopping the fluid movement, mm-hmm. professional foul, always ends up in the other card nine times out of ten. We've seen it before with Cal McGregor, pulling it, just a wee nick at the jersey at the halfway line, he gets booked. Can't remember what game it was in, but it was it was very recent. But what was your opinion on that performance? <laughs> oh. That was <laughs> probably the worst first half performance for a referee at Parkhead that I can remember. Ah, it was absolutely horrendous. There was the first five minutes. There was three three decisions where he, he got them wrong, and they all were decisions that should have went in favour of Celtic. And he either didn't yep. give it or he gave it to Motherwell, and I I was like, here we go. It was unbelievable. And then there was three times where he should have shown yellow cards to Motherwell players. And it wasn't even in the first 20 minutes where you could say, right, OK, it's early in the game. It wasn't early in the game. He, just, he nearly lost control of the game at one point. Because yeah. at that moment with Hart and that, just book the guys when they're supposed to get booked and stop... It wasn't even like he was trying to let, let the game flow because he was giving the free kick. Yeah. It was it was just bookings, just book them. But the, there's players being allowed all around the country to rough Celtic players up as much as they want with without any punishment. And it's becoming a joke. And even in the second half, that one with the corner. Like, I think it was Taylor, he sort of rolled it slightly off the D oh, yes, the, yeah. the and then uh, Turnbull, Turnbull starts to run with it 
Come on, ref. He didn't think Turnbull's going to actually run with the ball for the corner spot. Shorty picking it up and bouncing it. Like, have a bit of common sense, understand the game. Like, he's rolled the ball. It was was terrible, absolutely amateurish. And I'm not saying there's any bias or anything like that, right? But first and foremost, that guy was pish. (laughs) (laughs) he he actually he actually went out yesterday right he actually went out yesterday refereed a top level game and got paid for that he got paid for that yesterday unbelievable unbelievable (laughs) terrible performance absolute shambles I think what that shows the, the, the corner kick situation you're right to bring up John because he always says it's an amateur referee in a professional sport. A professional sportsman would have recognised what happened at that corner kick, that situation. You're, as, you, as you said, Ross Turnbull's not going to be like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll take the ball and run. Uh, no, Joe Hayden, that's <laughs> stupidity of the hands on but, but like the decision as well, Franny, they were baffled. I thought Mugabe, their centre-back, was quite lucky not to see red yeah. because the, the consistent fouling he done was mad on, on players, especially in the first half and the second half as well. He made some dodgy tackles, but... Oh, and then the the crazy, I mean, the crazy kind of the free kick led up to the goal. He booked one of their players and they booked their manager. Their manager's crying that it wasn't a free kick and all this. And you're like, what is going on within the, the refereeing in Scotland? Uh, it, was, uh, it was such such a bizarre refereeing performance. Like, like, I think, like we've touched on our first team when we've been bringing up the referees, it's always been on the back of one. So uh, you can put yeah. aside that whole paranoia conspiracy theory, Karen, like we're bringing up the quality refereeing again on the back of us winning. It was just like, I know he's just had to leave his cars at home. You, like, you don't want the referee to get card happy, but I think there was a couple of challenges. Like, I can't remember there being a dirty challenge, like anything on the level of like, what. Butcher done with like somebody absolutely. Bat- it was a lot of cynical fouls. Like the, the Motherwell players knew exactly what they were doing, just try to break yeah. up the play, make it nice and like stop start. And I think they realised they were getting it. Like they were bookings it any day of the week and twice on a Sunday. Hundred like so many of them. But I think I know you like to say like I oh, let the game get into the game. Like maybe they'd be booking folk in the first 10, 15 minutes and stuff, but. I think that was the referee's problem. We just he let too many of them go, and the game just did start getting away from him. It was just it got to say we were like, I don't know if he just was like, I don't know if I booked this guy, so I can't book him in case I send them off. It just seemed to know a clue what was happening. Because so it was not, it was just stupid wee body checks, pulling their, like wee traps, no dirty, no like proper dirty stuff. But it was an absolute bizarre, horrendous referee performance. Like, like you see, the corner one was like he's sitting, saying, Tumble's going out. Tell them what he's done, and he's like, Oh, no, no, but you can't. It's like, it's just no ah. idea what's happened. And then there was one with Tony Watt, it was in the first half as well, where he got us. It was kind of well, the right, uh, Joe Hart's right hand side of the goal, and it was it was quite close to the, the byline. They tried to flash a shot across the goal, and it went away for a throw. And they gave the front to Motherwell, and you're like, How, how have you seen that? Like, nobody actually touched the ball, and they gave it to the Motherwell, and you're like, Just like so many, so many bad decisions by him and it was I think he'll he'll probably get another SPFL game next week and that you're like oh. where, is the, where is the punishment like 
for the like Ross said, it, it's one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen in forty five minutes. And like he never done much better in the second half, but it was it was hard to be as bad as it was in the first half. But it was just it was an absolute baffling, baffling refereeing performance. You bring up you bring up a comment there saying um that he, he didn't know if he booked him so he couldn't sign him. I have visions of him on the the, the mic. Does it, have, I, have I booked him? Have I booked him? There was so many challenges. Like, Mugabe, like, I think Mugabe had one where he just, it was like a body check in, in the first sort of 20 minutes and nothing happened to it. It was like Celtic were kind of, yeah. I wouldn't say they were breaking, but they were starting an attack and they just got body checked. And it was like, later on, it was like, he's done that about three times or something now. And it's like, he's still not been booked yet. Right. It's crazy. The referee in Scotland this year has been, been is as, oh, as a shambles. And I, I mean, we do try not to talk about it in this podcast, but it's right in our faces, so we'll have to oh. kind of discuss that issue. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, obviously, it's every week. Got, yeah, it's every single week. And as Franny said, this kind of conspiracy shit nonsense can go out the window because it's off the back of a Celtic win. Do you know what I mean? So you're seeing it mm-hmm. when we're winning again. Mm-hmm. We'll have to call it out. And I'm sure other teams have it in the, the SPFL as well. It's not just Celtic. So it's a common thing throughout the league this season. But, I mean, we'll move on and we'll, we'll touch upon this quickly because I, I can see the time. We're, we're kind of dragging on a bit in terms of the trip to the Dingwall, the Ross County. Ross, obviously, a game that could be a potential banana skin for us. I, I do hope for a win myself, obviously. But what would be your score and lineup prediction? Um, I think the lineup probably will be Hart, Black Forey, Taylor, Starfelt. Vickers, Juranovic, uh, then it'll be Rogic, McGregor, I would guess probably beat on again, and then it's a lottery for the front three. <laughs> we don't know who's fit, we don't know who's available. <sighs> I dare say it'll be Mikey Johnston on the left, Abada on the right, and Turnbull through the middle, sort of interchanging with Rogic as he did on uh-huh. Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't see what else he can do. Uh, he's got about five players available, so. <laughs> What's your score uh, prediction? Score prediction. Um, up at Dingwall Wednesday night, staying cold. Um, two 0 Celtic. Two <laughs> <laughs> nil. Can he do it on a? Can he do it on a cold Wednesday night up in Dingwall, Franny? What about yourself? Line up the score prediction. Uh I think it'll be. I think Ralston might come back in. I just think Possibly. it's just the type of like Ross said, but being being cold and it's a chance to give Juranovic a wee bit like do a wee bit of rotation. We know what there shouldn't be a real drop off in quality with Ralston coming back in. But so I, I I'd be the same team as Ross, but probably I, th- I think Ralston may come in at right back as Juranovic and that. I, I think I also I'm going for a two as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go a wee bit against the grain as you always do, just to see if it comes. You know, you're you're, you're throwing off so shit. You, I fancy you, you're throwing off shit. I fancy at sticks, boy. So I'll go with <laughs> Joe Hart, Ralston at right back, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Taylor, Beaton, McGregor, Turnbull, and then Juranovic on the right, Abada on the left with Turnbull, Ken as a false nine, and Turnbull interchanging. That'll I don't happen. think it'll happen, but no. it's not as well how we finish. <laughs> I hope, I hope it it's, happens now. It's it's close to how we finish the game. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going with that. He did. I, he, I mean, Postecoglou, 
I don't think he moves around the pitch there for no reason. He had like Henderson on the bench, so maybe he wanted to see what he was like. But my score prediction, I'll go 2 0. So all three of us going 2 0. Let's see if we get this right, boys. And obviously, today we record us on Monday. We've seen who we're going to draw in the Europa Conference League, Franny. And we've drawn against Norwegian champions, Bodo Glimt, a team who smashed Roma 6 1 in their group stage. And I don't think for me it should be underestimated. Obviously, People don't probably don't know much about them and things, but they've got some cracking players. They've got some players like Berg, the centre midfield, mm. who's been linked with us for countless transfer windows now. Obviously, it's just hearsay, but people kind of rant and rave about him. They've got some great attacking players. I watched the highlights of the, the game that was posted, the, the Roma games, and they ripped, they ripped them apart at home especially. But how are you feeling? Because I think for me, it was one of the toughest draws we could have got. Uh, they've got about a seven... 7,000 capacity stadium playing a plastic pitch. It's a Scandinavian levy, isn't it? We're fucked. Who'd you steal that oh. from? You stole that from someone. That's a shambles. It's, it's true, man. We're absolute, but I, I, I don't think you can take them lightly considering where, where they are, the, the type of players you've got. Like you say, that, that Berg is probably the only player I can think of it's simply because I think it's just it's one of the ones yeah. I can't remember the, the left back. Was yes, Rosenberg. left back. Yeah, for Rosenberg, that just seemed it was the fans that linked them, and I think it's a bit like this with Berg. It's they just kind of gets linked with Celtic through fans and stuff. So, yeah, that the the probably they're a, they're a decent enough team, and they've got something. But Celtic should be looking to beat that like this level of opposition. We need to get back to getting like I said earlier in that that chat. We need to get back to the aura of Celtic saying we like that team should be looking at us going on oh, no, we've got Celtic. And like it mm-hmm. should, it should be almost a foregone conclusion coming against teams like this. So, I'm I'm looking forward to the tie, Stephen. I think we'll come through it, but I don't think it will be as easy as what it should be, so to speak, considering the the sort of difference in stature of both clubs. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And actually, say to be fair, quite right. Your point out the plastic pits and the seven, <laughs> the seven thousand, the seven thousand seater stadium. I, I did see someone say that earlier on Twitter, so <laughs> I'm not quite sure who you post that from. But well done getting that in the podcast. Ross, <laughs> come come with yourself. I mean, by, by all accounts, I mean the smashed up Roma. No reason champions two years on the bounce. They've got some good players. Their manager's kind of a, a young technical coach. A lot of people are kind of looking at the poaching for the future for big clubs may not have the pedigree Celtic do but we've seen Celtic kind of slip up before in ties that we think we should win as I said I do personally believe this is a tough straw I think it'll be a close one whoever gets through obviously Celtic I hope gets through but what's your feeling towards it? Well anybody that plays Roma and beats them 6-1 can't be taken lightly um, no. I don't know a Jose Mourinho Roma Aye. Team. Aye, um, but I, I think they'll probably be looking at Celtic as well and, and saying that, that wasn't really a team we wanted because um, I think Celtic have shown against Leverkusen and Betis that they can be competitive against quite decent-sized European teams in terms of stature. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be easy, but... I don't really know a lot about them. Um, uh, the only thing I, I really know is that, uh, I, in fact, no, I don't even know. <laughs> no, there's, Where were you going with that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I lost like my train of thought. I was trying to pull something there for somewhere. 
No. <laughs> I was going to go for the plastic patch, but Franny stole it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I, you can't take them lightly, to be fair. Uh, but I don't think you can take any European tie lightly after Christmas because any team no. that's in Europe after Christmas are no dummies, for want of a better word. Like, obviously... It's a new type of it's a new type of competition. We obviously don't know where it's going to pan out, but it does quickly come to both of us, Franny. Do you think this is a competition Celtic should be aiming to win? David Turnbull seems to think so, but what do you think? I think I don't see why not. It's a European competition. It's essentially the Cup Winners' Cup that's came back at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the first European competition back. So I don't see why it's it's a competition Celtic should want to win every competition they're in and I don't see why and as a professional foot I know it's changed now it's, it's a lot of money involved in football and players' priorities are different and things like that but I certainly think if you're a Celtic player you should be looking at potentially I, I don't think it'd be easy to win it there is still decent teams like you might find your Tottenham's and did Leicester drop into it? Yeah, Like if they if they managed to like get into the latter rounds. They might start taking it a wee bit serious just to pick up a, a European trophy. So it's it just a lot will depend on how some of the other teams uh, maybe take the competition. Like your the sort of English teams that will drop in it, and maybe like your your German or Italian teams if they maybe take it serious. But I think we should be looking to try and certainly go go deep in the competition anyway. Yeah, I t- I totally agree. I think it pop. Plausibly, probably not winnable straight away, but if we get favourable mm. draws, Ross, it could fall in our favour to kind of get far. That's obviously surmising we get through Bodo Glimt, who won't mm. be no pushovers. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So that's that, that's the first time be a tricky one. But if we do get through that, I think it's a, a kind of a stage of European competition we should be aiming to get far in, at least the semis, final, that kind of thing. I, I don't see why not. Um, I, I don't have an issue with David Turnbull saying that they, they, they want to win it. I, I would be mm. more worried. If if he wasn't saying that, <laughs> um, so uh, you just need to see that you take each tie as it comes, give the team the respect they deserve, and play as Ange Postecoglou says, just play our football. We want to play <laughs> our football and see where that takes us. And if it's good enough, it will be good enough. If it isn't, then we'll just need to take Rangers all the way in the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think as well. Like for me, it is. It, it, it should be a competition. I have no problem, as you said, Ross. If Turnbull comes out and does say, "Look, it's a competition, European one." As you said, friendly cup winners' cup, basically coming back in their total cup, whatever type of level it is, we should be aiming to win it. But look, guys, that brings us to the end of the podcast. It's been a fantastic show. I mean, I'm surprised at myself getting through it. I'm a shaky start laughing every time. I call eyes on, every time I call eyes at Ross. Oh, is it my man. headphones? <laughs> <laughs> but but kudos to you man for coming on like that unbelievable no. unbelievable but no you're not going yet the quiz the quiz is back oh no thought we were this getting off, out of that there this is off the top of my brain so please forgive oh, me if it goes a bit goes a bit mate, thinking I'll right, obviously I'm going to concentrate on you actually saying it because you'll say it 100 mil an hour because you get too excited <laughs> I do get it Sub-tiles. I'm really an excitable person I yeah. know uh, Start getting right. subtitles for the quiz. I <laughs> know, Ross. Don't go there. <laughs> come on now. Right. Come on, now. Fa- fa- come on now, you. I love slush. Right. Five, <laughs> five questions. Five questions. You know, you, you know yourself. This first to three, whatever. 
Right. So first question. How many trebles does Celtic win in a row? Four. Four. Ross won that. Oh, Who started in goals in the League Cup final that clinched the Cordoba treble? Oh, no. Two now. Yeah, Connor oh, Hazard. He's, yeah, he's got it right. It was the Scottish Cup. It was the Scottish I Cup. No, the League Scottish Cup. Cup. Yeah, because it was replayed, obviously, a year later. No, because of uh, COVID, it was then yeah. kind of in the middle oh, of the season. Got confused me, but. He's got it right getting it wrong. Celtic signed Tom Rodgers from where? Brisbane Road. Oh, was that? Was it not like some night no. project? Two one. I'll give it to you. All right. Tom Rodgers has been at Celtic for how many years? Nine. Nine. Yeah, Ross brings it home. Yeah, Ross got no the chance. No chance. Ross Easy, got man. The first. I'm on the phone. Three one. I'm on the phone to Carl Rodgers now for their Wi-Fi. There must be an issue here. <laughs> I swear I that was, that that. was the magic elf dust that was sprinkled <laughs> under there. I can also say, obviously, the people here are listening to Watson, if you're liking what you're seeing on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell, notify me go live, doesn't cost a penny, just builds our subscription base, and we're really grateful for the support we're receiving so far. So much stuff planned, guests, and all come back on, so it's all looking up for us at the moment. And guys, have you enjoyed this one? Brilliant. It's good to be back on with Franny, and out of the host chair because that was absolutely <laughs> horrific. That man's game nah. reading was awful. Nah, nah, man, you did fantastically well. And you'll be on the host tour more often in the future, like you all will be. It's going to be a rotation basis, so we're all looking forward to that. And as you said, Manscaped, get involved, 20% off. Link in the description below. Take a fancy of it. We're getting closer and closer to Christmas. Just get involved, guys. Until we speak again, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.